After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Zach 
יד לקבלה. לך דודי לקראת כלה, בני שבת לקבלה.
the sky They move across the vast horizon A billion stars Each going their own way What is it that decides Just when they brighten and then darken It's a question man has pondered to this day Though we can try to explain every pattern of the path They chart Only the hands of their maker have held them from the start So I sing to you
That is a great medley. I must say, that is a great medley. That is a solid medley. Uh, let's see what we've been playing for you so far this morning here at JM and the AM. We're live, by the way, in our Teaneck studios, which might end up being an important piece later on during this show. I just thought of something now that we're broadcasting from Teaneck most of the week. I thought of an idea maybe for next Friday, Erev Shabbos, Erev Shavuos. Anyway. Enough about that. We'll talk about that maybe later on. Uh, the Dinner Medley, that's what it's called by Yaakov Shweki, brand new. Odell Akel, that's Benny Friedman, brand new. Moshav Band had Bowie Bishalom and Lachad Odi. Micha Gammerman's Tfilot Shabbat Medley as we get ready for a wonderful Shabbos Chazak. Sheyavo, brand new from RJ2. Great selection, by the way. Kudos to those guys. And Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this 27th of May, the 26th day in the month of ER. Today's day number 41 in the counting of the Omer. 41, that's uh, five weeks and six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Candle lighting in New York on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Bechukosai. Yes, listeners in Israel, believe it or not, in the diaspora, we're reading Bechukosai this week. Candle lighting 757 on this Erev Shabbos. 757 on this Erev Shabbos. Parshas Bechukosai. Well, Bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be Tuesday. Again, we Bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on Tuesday. So keep that in mind. And uh, Monday is Memorial Day. Well, let's let's go back a second here. Sunday is Yom Yerushalayim. I spoke with Matis yesterday. He's going to have the Jerusalem music rolling between 7 and 9 a.m. So make sure to be tuned into JM Sunday this coming Sunday. Sunday is Yom Yerushalayim. Monday is Memorial Day. Monday is Yom Hevron. Monday is the day that I will do a Yom Yerushalayim special. 
uh, to whatever degree um, we would on a legal holiday. The most important part of the Omir Shalim special this coming Monday, frankly, is that at 8.30, we're going to play last year's presentation by Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory of the Sounds of 1967. No one did it like Mayor. It is the highlight of the year for a lot of people. And it'll be on the air at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Monday on Yom, Yushal, on Yom Hebron, which we're observing as both Yom Yushalayim and Yom Hebron this coming Monday Memorial Day. And then, of course, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, as we said, is Tuesday. And we will have our Erev Shavuos next Shabbos, which means that, um, yeah, which means we're getting into the serious part of the calendar <laughs> where we have our holiday of Shavuos. Uh, the month of June for grads and dads, and then we move into the summer months and to start anticipating uh, the brand new season next season, which I hope for us and for all of us will be a really, a really big boon. That's what we're hoping for, and uh, there are reasons to think it will be. And uh, we'll talk more about those as we get closer and closer. Jam and Am Friday on this era of Shabbos again, Bechukosai, not in Israel. But in the diaspora, I want to thank those who are commenting on the app. In fact, uh, listener Y says, Sefer Vayikra comes to a close, the final Sefer of uh, the life of Mayor Nachum ben David. Now, is that true? Mayor, Mayor, no, no, Mayor passed away on Friday night of Parshas Nusso. Yeah. Um, but it was the final Sefer. It was the final Shabbos Chazak of his life. That's right. Why? Wow. It's, wow, why? Thank you for pointing that out. Mayor Nachum ben David. Of blessed memory. Chazak, chazak, v'nit chazak. Listener Morris says, if I wasn't in the mood for Shabbos, Morris is always amazing. Whether it's at the parade, whether it's on a personal phone call to me, whether it's on the app, he is always expressing how much this show um, just uplifts him. And Erev Shabbos, boy, he writes, if I wasn't in the mood for Shabbos yet, I certainly am now. Good Shabbos to everyone. Nachum, thank you for all the wonderful musical selections and all you do. Thank you, Morris. Thank you so much for that. He's amazing, and all he does is spread the word about this show and about this network. Um, let's see here. Uh, Judy says, a good era of Shabbos, Nachum, since it's Shabbos era of Rosh Chodesh, can you play, well, Rosh Chodesh benching, can you play Journeys 5, the song Chaverim? We could do that. Listener Tikva says, my two boys will be at Rikud Galim in Yerushalayim on Sunday. They should be safe, and they should be proud and they should fly those flags as uh, members of the Jewish nation and the people of Israel. And um, and let's hope that nobody cancels the Rikud Galim at the last minute. The flag march. This is our land and no one will scare us away, Tikva says. Kolakavod, kolakavod. Uh, listener Yudi says, have a wonderful Shabbos Nachum and staff. Regards from Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you, Yudi. Some... Some nice couple, the Gordons from Cleveland, came over to us at the parade last Sunday. Oh, and speaking of the parade, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, uh, the Rothenberg family, sponsoring our parade broadcast, which it seems everybody is still talking about. And I thank you for that, especially those of you around the world who really appreciated it. Thank you very, very much. Um, it was great to bring the sights and sounds of Fifth Avenue to you in the way that we do. We have a unique way of doing it. <laughs> I think I think everyone has to agree. We have a unique way of doing it, and I'm glad we were able to do it. 
uh, last Sunday. Um, all right, so the request was Journeys Volume Number Five, right? And the song is called Chaverim. And you're listening to a Friday morning edition of JMA. And don't forget, coming up, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will have the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Um, that'll be at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Harry Rothenberg coming up. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, later on. We are going to check in with um, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. He's got a big campaign going on Sunday and Monday. We'll speak with him about that in the 8 o'clock hour. There's a lot happening here today on a Friday Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM, and I'm glad you are with us uh, to spend the time on this Erev Shabbos. Yom Yerushalayim is Sunday. Keep that in mind, and Monday we'll have the sounds of 1967, as narrated by the late, great Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Monday right here at JM in the AM. amazing dream last night It was very thrilling and entrancing The world became a place so filled with light And in my dream Jews everywhere were dancing Because Mashiach had arrived, peace and love began to thrive, no more war no more hate, a time to celebrate a my oh my, since long ago at Har Sinai, Chaverim Ko Yisroel. Mi she asa nisim, asa nisim l'avoteinu, ve'ga'alotam, me'avdut l'cheru. Hashem, we beg of you, please make this dream come true. By now it's surely known, we just can't do it on our own. And though for centuries, we've waited patiently. so wrong I think deep down they knew it all along because Mashiach had arrived peace and love began to thrive the whole world came to 
to storm our gates But there's no gators, it's too late ah ha And for the first time I owe oh my Since long ago at Arsini Hashem, we beg of you Please make this dream come true
Baruch Hashem, and before that, Chaverim. Journeys, volume number five, here at JM in the AM. Reminder, this coming Wednesday night, it's the uh, American Friends about Tarot Kwanim dinner with guest speaker Mike Pompeo and amazing honorees. If you haven't yet gotten your reservations in for Terrace in the Park this coming Wednesday night, ateratkawanim.org slash dinner, ateratkawanim.org slash dinner. Always parking by a pump. But all of the worry goes down the drain. When my wife America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world of web at NahumSingle.com on the NahumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Ali Galitzal in the background with our news from Israel coming up. Harry Rothenberg coming up on Parshas Bechukosai. Rabbi Yudin later on. Rabbi Gladstein's going to join us later on. Malcolm Honline later on. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff going on this morning, I must say. We pack a lot into one jam and broadcast, don't we? Yom Yerushalayim is Sunday with Matis. Our Yom Yerushalayim special is Monday on the legal holiday, Memorial Day. Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory will have his narration of the sounds of 1967 at 8.30 in the morning, 8.30 Eastern Time this coming Monday on Memorial Day here at JM in the AM. So keep that in mind. You don't want to miss that, obviously. Candlelighting in New York, 7.57 on day 41 in the counting of the Omer, 41. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday era of Shabbos comes up next. Special greetings to Yaichi and Yerushalayim. Shabbat Shalom from JNN. בית הדין לעבודה קבע כי ארגון המורים יגיב עד יום ראשון לבקשת משרד החינוך להוצאת צווי מניעה על העיצומים עליהם הכריז. משרד החינוך ביקש מבית הדין צו מניעה נגד העיצומים בהם נקט ארגון המורים במאבקו נגד הרפורמה בבגרויות ההומניות. בית הדין קבע כי ארגון המורים יגיב לבקשה עד יום ראשון ב-10 בבוקר. מוקדם יותר היום הודיע יושב ראש הארגון רן ארז כי לא יפעל לשבש את סוף שנת הלימודים אך הותיר על קינם עיצומים שונים אחרים. בתוך כך הסתדרות המורים הפגינה הבוקר מול בתיהם של שרת החינוך יפעת שאשא ביטון ושר החוץ יאיר לפיד במסגרת מאבק ההסתדרות להעלאת שכר עובדות ועובדי ההוראה. שרת החינוך יצאה אל המוחים והביעה את תמיכתה בהם. שלושה חודשים למלחמה באוקראינה. הקרמלין מאשים לפני זמן קצר את קייב על פיצוס, פיצוץ שיחות השלום בין המדינות והודיע על הקפאתן. בשיחה עם עיתונאים אמר דובר הקרמלין דמיטרי פסקוב כי איננו מבינים מה אוקראינה רוצה. מוקדם יותר אמר נשיא אוקראינה זלנסקי כי ניסיונותיו החוזרים ונשנים לתאם פגישה עם פוטין נכשלו. בתוך כך הוסיף ואמר כי מתחילת הלחימה נעקרו מביתם כ-12 מיליון בני אדם ועוד יותר מחמישה מיליונים עזבו את שטח המדינה. שלושה בני אדם נעצרו הלילה בחשד שתקפו מאבטחים בבית החולים הדסה עין כרם בירושלים ואף איימו ברצח עליהם. החשודים הכחישו כל קשר לאירוע וטענו כי לא איימו על המאבטחים כלל, אלא ניסו להפריד בין צוות האבטחה לאנשים אחרים שהתעמתו עמם. בית משפט השלום בירושלים שחרר את השלושה בתנאים מגבילים. ידיעה שהעבירה כתבתנו בבירה יערה אברהם. 
ארגון שלום עכשיו אומר כי בכוונתו להוציא מחר כמתוכנן את צעדת המחאה למאחז חומש שבשומרון, על אף שאלוף פיקוד המרכז יהודה פוקס הודיע כי צה"ל לא יאבטח את האירוע. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסיף כי במכתב ששיגר הארגון לאלוף הפיקוד הוא דורש לאבטח את הצעדה כשם שהצבא עשה באירועים דומים של פעילי ימין. ורצהל מסרו קודם לכן כי המדיניות של כוחות הביטחון באשר ליישוב המפונה חומש לא השתנתה. בצה"ל הודיעו כי יתחקרו את התקרית שאירעה אתמול בטקס השבעת לוחמי חטיבת גבעתי ברחבת הכותל המערבי במהלכו הוחלפה מנחת הטקס במנחה גבר. על פי הודעת צה"ל ההחלפה של הקצינה באה בעקבות בקשה של הקרן למורשת הכותל, גוף אזרחי שהיה מעורב בהפקת הטקס וכי המפקדים שנכחו במקום טעו בשיקול הדעת כשהסכימו לבקשה. בצה"ל הדגישו כי אין פקודה האוסרת על הנחיית טקסים בידי נשים וכאמור האירוע ייבדק מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע חם מהרגיל עד שרבי, מחר יהיה בהיר עד מעונן חלקית ויוסיף להיות חם מהרגיל. אלה החדשות שעורך מרון ששון.
JM in the AM with brand new Simcha Liner here at JM in the AM. Mala is the name of that one. Uh, we'll dedicate that to listener Yoichi. He is one of our dedicated listeners that no matter where he is on this planet, he's tuned into JM in the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. And boy, does that make us feel great. And uh, well, we just played Baruch Hashem at Shabbos. We'll dedicate that to the folks at Baron Herzog Wines. Also, Jay Booksbaum is expected to join us uh, this coming week before Shavuos to go through some of the uh, incredible Shavuos wines that you'll want to pair up with your cheesecake and your cheese blintzes. And I um, also want to thank the folks at uh, at Kedem. They sent over before last Shabbos. We had a big Shabbos at the Siegel family last week. They sent over a whole bunch of delicious and incredible wines, uh, which I will review with Jay um, uh, this week, this coming week. Here at JMM. Also, don't forget our Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek is brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And that will air at 10 a.m. this morning for the third time. Every week it airs three times, which is pretty cool. Uh, so that will air for the third time this morning at 10 a.m. And, of course, our Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. They have been a backbone of support for us as we continue to grow. And one of the reasons I was in, I think you heard in the first hour this morning what kind of great mood I was in, and I'm still in, <laughs> And I think one of the reasons is because yesterday we um, we started to put into action um, the plan for our rebuild celebration because we're not just rebuilding our studio in Manhattan. We are planning on a wonderful celebration. And um, if there has been a specific uh, corporate entity that has been the backbone of support of our network uh, continuously for the last, oh my gosh, 25, 30 years. It is our friends at Kedem, of course. So they get a special shout out. And Yoichi, thank you. You never miss an opportunity to tune us in, even if you're out of town. In this case, Baruch Hashem, you're in Yerushalayim. Ready to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim tomorrow night. Uh, Avod, and uh, boy, that must be a great feeling, to say the least. Um, so a big shout out and a big thank you to listener Yaichi. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM as uh, uh, we'll get to Harry Rothenberg in just a couple of minutes on Parshas Buchu Kosai. As I said before, Rabbi Yudin, of course, is going to be joining us. Uh, we'll have a um, discussion with Malcolm Honline uh, regarding what's happening in this amazing world of ours. That's one way of putting it. Uh, and we will... Um, uh, also invite Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein is joining us in the 8 o'clock hour. I know he has a lot of fans around the world. Stay tuned. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, 8 o'clock hour later on right here at JM in the AM. We are stronger, yes we are higher A nation high, high above
Teva's the name of that one here at JM and the AM. Ellie begun. Um, get to Harry Rothenberg in just a moment. Oh, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, we'll get to Harry Rothenberg coming up. And a big thank you to the Rothenberg family for coverage of the uh, for sponsoring our coverage of the Celebrate Israel Parade this past Sunday. Want to take this opportunity to wish a Mazel Tov to the Wolman and Wurzberger families. The Wolman. And Wurzberger families, Adina and Yassi Wurzberger of Cedarhurst had a brand new baby boy, the Briss, this coming week, please God. And a special Mazdov going out to the Wurzberger family and an extra special Mazdov going out to Ahuva and Shuli Woolman and the entire Woolman family from all of us here at JM in the AM. So the Wurzbergers and Woolmans are celebrating. Dina and Yassi Mazaltov to you on the brand new baby boy from all of us here. At JM in the AM. Wonderful piece of news, to say the least. And glad we could share that with everybody. Um, always good to report good news. Also, want to th- I also want to uh, extend a mazel tov uh, to Ruby and Dr. Stu Ditchick and the entire Ditchick family and the Battalion family. I hope I have that pronounced properly. Teddy and Esty are a recently engaged couple. Teddy Ditchick, uh, who we know forever, and Esty Battalion. And again, I hope I pronounced that correctly. A very special Mazda to Teddy and Esty from all of us here at JM and the AM. And of course, to both families. And of course, to Ruby and Dr. Stu from all of us here at JM in the AM. Amazing to report great news. And this news is truly wonderful. And we wish them a very special Mazda from all of us here at JM and the AM. Friday morning broadcast. We continue here uh, on an era of Shabbos Parshas Buchu Kosai. Uh, 
And um, as promised, give me a second here. <laughs> as promised, we're going to get to Harry Rothenberg. I can't thank the Rothenberg family enough for um, for sponsoring our parade coverage. Uh, this past Sunday, InjuryLawyer.com, parade coverage. I cannot thank them enough. Really, really wonderful to say the least. Um, so, as we like to say, Harry Rothenberg has uh, has uh, something to say about Parshas Bukhukosai. And uh, here he is on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Last week, I spoke to a group of young professionals and students who are visiting the States from Europe. And I told them the following story because I thought it has a great lesson. A number of years ago, I was in an airport walking to the gate, and I passed by a random fellow who was wearing a t-shirt. Caught my eye, and it kind of stopped me in my tracks. It said, husband, period. Dad, period. Fantasy football legend, period. So what's he saying? Even as a joke, for which I feel bad for his wife and his kids, I'm a husband, not Great husband, loving husband, just husband. Maybe good, maybe mediocre, we don't know. And I'm a dad because I had a kid. Are you a doting dad? What kind of dad are you? We don't know. But what does he take most seriously? He's announcing to the world fantasy football. At that, I'm a legend. So the lesson I took from that is that as part of our Jewish journey, whether we're at the beginning or we're far along, we have to always work on pushing God and our relationship with God higher up on our list of priorities. If he's lagging way back at number 15, try to get him to 12, 11, 10. And if he's at 10, try to get him to 8, 7. And if he's at 6, 5, move him up. Try to eventually get him to number 1. So when I finished, a fellow came up to me. He said, can I make a comment about something you said? I said, sure. He said, you mentioned we have to push God up on our list of priorities. I said, yeah. He said, I don't really see it that way. I don't see God as one of our priorities. I sort of see him sitting on top of all of our priorities because our relationship with him affects all of our different roles in life, doesn't it? I said, absolutely. In fact, that's so much better than the lesson that I described. I'm going to tell that story over with your lesson in the future every time I tell it over. Because he's right. Every single role we have in life, our relationship with God and the rules he puts in place, the guidebook that he puts in place, if we follow it, improves our roles. It makes us better parents. It makes us better children. It makes us better spouses. It makes us better employers, employees, friends, colleagues, neighbors. He sits on top of every one of our priorities. And we shouldn't think of him as just one priority, even if it's number one. If we do that, we're making a mistake. We shouldn't think, oh, I'm going into synagogue now. Oh, let me adjust my, my yarmulke because now it's God time. No. Every second of every day done right is God time. You shouldn't be thinking, this isn't God time. Now I'm at business. Business is business. No. God's in the room with you telling you how to conduct your business. Honestly. And he's in the room with you when you're interacting with your spouse or with your child or with your parent. He's telling you how to act. And he tells us in maybe his most transparent words in the entire Torah, in this week's Parsha, that the more you look for me in your life, the more you'll find me. Amazing things will happen. They may seem at times bad. They're not. They're all good. Everything I do for you is good. Look for me. You'll see my hand everywhere in your life. But if you don't look for me, if you act casually towards me, refusing to see my hand in human events and specifically in your life, then I'll act casually towards you. You won't see my hand. And then don't come complaining when you don't see me, when you don't find me. The more we look for him, 
more we'll see him in every aspect of our lives, in every role that we play. we go jm in the am friday morning air of shabbos that's the nigu and a brand new one done by um the solomon brothers and shlomo cats good job huh yeah that's a good job beautiful selection here at uh, jm in the am and i thank harry rothenberg and uh i will again thank the uh, rothenberg family injurylawyer.com for sponsoring our coverage of the celebrate israel parade it was amazing to see everybody on fifth avenue and the Rothenbergs have uh, also been a tremendous backbone of support for us here at the network. 
uh, during the ups and downs. And uh, Sunday was a major up with a great show of support for Israel. And I thank them very, very much. By the way, today's shout out actually goes out to the Rothenberg family, or in this case, the Rothenberg and Herman families. Uh, we were we were informed yesterday. This is an amazing project, and I, I got to give these young ladies credit uh, for. I'm reading from the uh, from the release that we got for their Bat Mitzvah Chesed project. Neely Rothenberg and Abby Herman are working to raise money by selling packages of pre-torn paper towels for Shabbos. Now, I will tell you parenthetically <laughs> that that is that is a great service, especially for those in the family who are responsible for the pre-torn paper towels. Uh, the money raised is benefiting Zichro Menachem in Israel. We are very familiar with Zichro Menachem. We did a great show from there. Uh, they're a not-for-profit in Israel uh, supporting children with cancer and their families. And every $5 package of Shabounty, right, Shabbos Bounty, Shabounty, the quicker ripper uppers, <laughs> will fund one specialized blood kit, a simple and painless way for the children at Zichram and Acham to have their blood drawn by their doctors. Um, there's a Google form, which is, is too long for me to um, uh, mention on the air, but I will tell you there's an email address if you want to order the Shabounty. And, obvi- and, and actually, with the three-day Yuntif coming up next week, Shabbos and then two days of Yuntif, it's a good. Uh, it's a good product to have in the house. Uh, it's always a good product. Anyway, shabountygirls at gmail dot com. S H A B B O U N T Y girls at gmail dot com. And they thank everyone for supporting them and the children of Zichro Menachem. It's Neely and Abby Neely Rothenberg and Abby Herman. Uh, I'm just thinking. It just struck me that um, now that we're broadcasting from Teaneck for our makeshift studio while we rebuild in New York. Um, I got to tell Tamar and Ross uh, that if they want to stop by with Neely and Abby, that would be great. Maybe we should do that before the three-day uh, yuntif and commend these young ladies in person uh, for what they're doing for a great organization. Anyway, uh, they they saw a need. They're filling the need. <laughs> and everyone out there can take advantage of it and support a great cause at the same time. Shabounty, the quicker ripper uppers, Neely and Abby. Uh, Shabountygirls at gmail.com. S-H-A-B and then Bounty. S-H-A-B and then Bounty. Shabounty. Uh, girls at gmail.com anyway wanted to make sure to get that on we wish them the very best and a mazel tov on their bat mitzvahs from all of us here at jm in the am more coming up it's a friday morning broadcast malcolm Holmline, executive vice chairman of the conference of presidents of major american jewish organizations is going to join us weekly update will be coming up here at jm in the am as you would suspect and plenty more this is brand new mordechai shapiro at jm in the am
believe that was a song that J.A. Mora requested. She says, or he says, J.A. Mora says, Boker Tov and Erev Shabbos and Erev Shodesh wrote a great new Simcha Liner song and so many others. Benny, Yoni, Mordechai Shapiro, Avram Fried. Wow, call a kavod to all of them. Can you please play, I think, the Avram Fried song, Esa Ani. Thank you. Good Shabbos, Chodesh Tov. It's Sivan. Where'd the school year go? And how fortunate to be where we are now in terms of being in school. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in school and you're safe, you're fortunate these days. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, month of Sivan, believe it or not, is right around the corner, literally. It's um, this coming Tuesday. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is Tuesday. Don't forget, Sunday is Yom Yerushalayim. Monday is Memorial Day. Monday will be our Yom Yerushalayim special, in addition to what Matis does on Sunday. Candle lighting is 7.57 on this era of Shabbos. 7.57 is candle lighting time. It's day number 41 in the counting of the Omer. 41, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Listener, Aliza says Shabbat Shalom and Chodesh Tov. We say the same to that. And li- this listener says, I saw Rabbi Yudin the other day and got to say thank you to him for something monumentally said on JM and the AM. Thank you for having such a stellar lineup. Good Shabbos. Thank you for that. That's much appreciated. We work on this lineup, both the JM and the AM lineup and the Nahum Siegel Network lineup. And I greatly appreciate that, um, that you were able to take advantage when you saw Rabbi Yudin and that you um, attributed to us. Thank you very, very much. More coming up. We have our weekly update, of course, and uh, much, much more, as you would suspect, on a Friday Erev Shabbos. Parshas Buchu Kosai, I know, it's not Parshas Buchu Kosai in Israel, but it is Parshas Buchu Kosai in the uh, diaspora. And that's the, one, that's the one we're going with this week at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Yoni Z. Bowie Vishalom is the name of that one. Gavriel Polkovitz and Chazak. Outside of Israel, it's Shabbos Chazak. It's also Shabbos Mavorachim. Candlelighting in New York, 757 on this Shabbos Erev, Shabbos Parshas Buchu Kosai. Yeah, I know. It's not Buchu Kosai in Israel, but uh, <laughs> we're going with Buchu Kosai because that's what it is here in the diaspora. Never thought there'd be a time in Jewish history, at least in our lifetime, where we'd be speaking to um, to both those who are reading Bamidbar this week and those who are reading Bichukosai. Unbelievable. The more I think about that, it's unbelievable. Uh, Sunday is Yom Yerushalayim. Join Matis for JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Monday is Memorial Day. We'll observe Yom Yerushalayim and Yom Chevron on Monday. Our Yom Yerushalayim special will officially be on Monday, the legal holiday. At 8.30 Monday, we will replay Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory and his narration of the Sounds of 1967, which is one of the highlights of our year here at JM in the AM. Uh, we'll do the version that he did last year for us at 8.30 this coming Monday, 8.30 Memorial Day morning. If you don't want to miss it, and I know there are a lot of people who don't want to miss it, make sure to be tuned in. This coming Monday during our Yom Yerushalayim special. Special shout out to our friends at A&H. Obviously, Monday's Memorial Day, the unofficial start to the grilling season. Make sure you have all the A&H hot dogs of all varieties that you need in your fridge and freezer. And get ready to start the grilling season in earnest. To try A&H today, you'll be glad you did. One of the best pieces of advice I can give you. Also, our friends at Artscroll.com, I remind you that we had uh, Rory Weisberg with a brand new cookbook on this week. If you order the book or anything from Artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio. And Rabbi Shlaimi Steinmetz, who uh, started this unbelievable Animamin campaign in memory of uh, Dovi, who um, was one of the victims in Mayrone, is going to join us this coming week. It's it's uh, it's an unbelievable, inspiring topic, and I cannot wait to speak with him on the air. But I'm sorry it's under these circumstances, but I cannot wait to speak to him on the air. It's an unbelievable initiative, and um, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll be inspired by it, so make sure to be tuned in. We'll have it for you. I believe he's scheduled for Wednesday. I will check that, and, um, and we'll speak with him at that time. Um, yeah, Wednesday. We'll speak with him at that time here at JM. And don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, JewishWorldReview.com. If you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world, go to JewishWorldReview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us on uh, Fridays at 7.40 a.m. for the weekly update. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Good to be with you, Nachum, again. I appreciate that, and, and, and you and I always use the opportunity, even when it's a sad opportunity, uh, to talk about the greatness of Jewish leadership and the, the way someone can make a difference. I, I mentioned earlier in the week, I'm sure you heard, that I was a major fan, not that he needed my approbation, but a major fan of Rabbi Pinchas Stolper, and I've, obviously I knew him in a different generation than you did, uh, but there was something about his leadership, his, uh, his uh, leadership skills, his ingenuity, uh, the ability to really create in the space of um, Jewish communal life that I think has to be mentioned and commended. Could you give us a word about the life of Ari Pinchas Stolper? I could give much more than a, a word or a page. A cha- I certainly could write a chapter. Uh, I was very close to him in his years at the OU. I was on the board of the OU. He was a member of the President's Conference representing the Orthodox Union, or the JCRC. He was a neighbor of mine, so we often would come back to Brooklyn together uh, after meetings. He was uh, a really unique individual. He was a trailblazer in the queue of work, um, and one that was accepted 
his work and he personally were accepted by across the board from Haredim to, to the most secular Jews. He was uh, uniquely um, uh, sensitive to, to the needs and, and especially of young people, what he did in, in creating NCSY and later as the head of the OU, uh, chief executive officer, uh, focusing so much on them. I think his legacy lives in the thousands and thousands he influenced, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, very sad to notice passing. And also uh, another great Rav, Rav uh, Simchel Cook, who passed away in uh, from Rehovot, who was also someone who reached out across all lines and borders, was deeply devoted to, to both to Israel and to mobilizing support. He used to call me about you know, the concerns that he had, uh, uh, another great loss for us. And I, and I just want to note, I can only imagine how many people, uh, both who you know and didn't know, had an influence on your own career in Jewish communal life. And I say it that way because parents and grandparents should encourage their uh, children and grandchildren out there to uh, to look at the lives of some of these people and not just look at them as simple biographies or you know uh, a, a, an opportunity to read about them and to learn about them. But if you internalize some of the great things they did, it can actually change the way you, someone out there grows as a Jewish community leader, and I'm sure you agree with that. 100%. I'm influenced when had the opportunity to be to benefit from so many people over the, the, the past five decades. Uh, too many to list, but you're absolutely right. Uh, also, I, I hope, um, I'm always curious from your angle, from your impressions, I hope you were impressed with the showing on Sunday on Fifth Avenue for the Celebrate Israel Parade. I don't think we had high expectations this year for a number of reasons, legitimate reasons, but I was, I, I, I sort of felt like the Jewish community got the job done. What was your impression? I think the marker was put back down after two years of absence. Uh, I think you're right, people were skeptical, yet they turned out, and, and it was very hot. Uh, the fact that the young people's enthusiasm in the parade this year, I thought was higher than I recall in, in some recent years. Uh, I think that both they felt the need, and they know that Israel is facing some serious challenges, and really wanted to give give a message to the world and to show them that we stand with Israel and that all these rumors about the Jews distancing themselves hopefully will be put to rest by it. Uh, and I know we're far away from the high holidays, which is when we normally uh, emphasize this topic, but with the shooting in Texas this week, I would imagine your phone's been ringing off the hook and you're, well, it's, it's 2022. So your email and texts have also been off the hook, I would guess. Uh, with people who are concerned about our own schools and, and schools in general uh, and public places and uh, obviously our houses of worship in our community. Uh, Malcolm, I bring this up, you know, for only one reason, and that's because uh, you're one of those people that continues to encourage everybody to take this topic very, very seriously. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we'd like to think that nothing's ever going to happen anywhere, especially in our community, but you never know, and people need to take precautions. More than more than that, uh, well, as you know, I've been a long-time advocate. We created SCAN, which is doing amazing work, and then there's other groups uh, that are providing security. I saw a, a letter from one of these, she wrote, um, in which they uh, outlined the steps that they've taken and that they spend $350,000 a year on security for one yeshiva. And, you know, there are security grants, and we're fighting for more money now, and people should 
contact our Congress members to make sure that we get an escalation. We hope to get the $350 million this year. A good percentage will go to Jewish uh, institutions. It's really vital, and we, and we cannot put the guard down at any time because that's when something will happen. Yeah. And we, we have to... Um, I was had discussed this week, and I'm certainly buoyed by my experience at uh, the senior, meeting the seniors at T, TABC ah, in New Jersey uh-huh. and at Manhattan and Manhattan High School, nice. uh, the old school, which I do annually. And the the uh, really, it's amazing to see the commitment, the um, interest. Uh, but going into the institutions and seeing how they're protected is also, for me, a very important sign that people take it seriously. We we had a meeting of SCAN's board last week in Washington with Mayorkas, the head of the Department of Homeland Security and the deputy director of the FBI, and they recognize, you know, Jews are the number one target for hate crimes. Uh, you see the tremendous increase in New York and across the country, including physical assaults. I think the, those that are documented, and we still know that the vast majority don't get documented, right. so people have to report it, but they should apply those that didn't apply for grants should do it right away and others should take whatever steps are necessary. Sometimes it's an inconvenience, but it's um, essential. And, and, and just curious, and I don't even know if it's true, but the media certainly is, is, is trying to convince us that it's true that these things don't happen in other countries in other countries, schools. Again, I don't think that's true, but I haven't researched it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's happening that, everywhere. That's what I would suspect. But in terms of the Jewish schools, can I just say one thing? Um, and I'm sure you've seen this a million times. When, when I've traveled to places like Italy and France, etc., and visited schools or just went there for a minion, they're protected by the military. I mean, literally, you've seen what those soldiers look like and what they're equipped with outside of school. I know it's the Jewish schools, but I'm just saying that just, just that in and of itself is a big difference, right? It is a difference, uh, but I can tell you, for instance, in France, the, the the soldiers say, "We're not policemen. We don't want to do this duty," and um, often they they do it in a lackluster or don't even show up for their responsibilities. Um, and it's a problem in Europe. Of course, the laws are different, and enlisting of the uh, of, of forces here in New York, we have a police force that's the size of the armies of many countries. Mm-hmm. And they are certainly responsive to the needs of the Jewish community, but they can't permanently station people every place in every school. I did see outside one of the schools I visited uh, this week that uh, they had a policeman was was outside, uh, but they have their own security as well. And the, the police have to today be much more sensitive, and especially because of copycatting after an attack like the horrendous one we saw this week yeah. and and the Buffalo attack. And by the way, the Buffalo guy. Had a greater hatred for Jews than for blacks, and it was just chose this place. But he had sites in Lakewood in his in his papers and his computer and other things. So you know, no one should believe that they don't that there isn't a connection and that they don't really have, want to target the Jewish community. There were events that were prevented in the last few days um, here and and abroad that uh, remind us constantly how essential it is and there are steps that you can take and there are, it's not doesn't all cost money and it doesn't it, re, it requires commitment you can go to the scan site and get a lot of recommendations a lot of advice about what measures you can take uh, wow what what a just i i think back to you know and i'm sure you do too and everybody listening has done that this week has thought back to their own elementary school experience and i i can't even imagine but all right, right. um <laughs> like i say 
enough about that for the moment. Um, let's do the Yom Yerushalayim piece. You know how we're going to be celebrating here. Um, the, is it in fact true that the Israeli courts have now allowed Jewish prayer in the Temple Mount? This, uh, this of course, has been a bone of contention among uh, members of the Jewish faith who are uh, who are the only ones not allowed to pray up there. Can they do so now? So the answer is yet to know. They, the court ruled that they could engage in prayer because there were three young people who uh, got on the ground and started saying Shema. The court said saying Shema is not a provocative action, but that was overruled by a higher court, and they mm. again instituted the limitation on Jewish prayer on the Temple Mount. Um, and uh, uh, meaning the same way it was a month ago now? Like we're, yep. they've reverted back? They cannot. Yes, you cannot. All right. I mean, I don't have to do my editorial on this because you know my editorial on this, and yours is probably similar. I would, I would assume uh, the Rikud Galim right now is scheduled, meaning the flag march for Sunday is still scheduled in Yerushalayim, and festivities will begin tomorrow night. The truth is, when we spoke to Daniel Luria yesterday, he said the festivities have already begun. Frankly, but uh, you, you wonder if there'll be a last-minute cancellation of an event like that, as we've seen in the past. Uh, if the uh, if the Arab community is going to use it as an excuse uh, to rev things up. Uh, in terms of violence, you, do you have any indication of what's going on in terms of security and in terms of incitement, uh, Erev Yom Yerushalayim? So there are tremendous preparations that are underway. They, in fact, they did start celebrating last night, and uh, the culmination will be on Sunday. The flag march will go by the, its original route. Uh, as of now, the United States has asked uh, Israel to reconsider it. Uh, there have been a lot of appeals that they shouldn't have it. You know, from Gaza, they've been threatening uh, Israel that they will retaliate. First, they, they called on Israeli Arabs, uh, the Arabs, they, to, not in Gaza, in the West Bank and Jerusalem, to react. Uh, but, and, and you know, Israel is doing everything possible to avoid it. I wouldn't say it's the Arab community. I would say that it's, it is some, it's the instigators, just as we saw in the violence on our bite during Ramadan, yeah. that it was 500 people out of 100,000 who engaged in, in violence. But the stimulation, the fact that you have um, imams and others preaching this uh, hatred and incitement, and they should be put in jail right away, this is, this is not tolerable because people will pay with their lives. The uh, parade should not be canceled. I mean, they, they, every time you do take steps like that, it should be responsible. It, of the route is one the police have to determine, but uh, there has to be this manifestation because otherwise we keep compromising the sovereignty of Jerusalem and, and allowing the people to dictate by threats of violence means that there's never going to be satiated. They'll never, you know, it's feeding the crocodile and the whole police will last, as Winston Churchill said. Yeah. And this is this is really critical that you know Yerushalayim, which too many take for granted, that this event, which hasn't been held because uh, it was. Uh, the last year, I think. Um, yeah, probably the last week. And give us the message. With COVID, it's probably been two years, I would guess. Since, two uh, years, yeah. I think, right. No, meaning uh, COVID and then the, then the cancellation thing. Uh, Malcolm, uh, I, look, uh, <laughs> uh, I miss Mayer so much, and I won't be able to discuss this with him on Monday, so just uh, bear with me for a moment. But uh, this is a question I certainly would have asked him during our Yom Yerushalayim special. Can you believe that it's 55 years? And can you believe what has happened over the last 55 years and how different things were for the Jewish world 55 years ago when there was no Jewish sovereignty over Jerusalem? Although I was very young, I do remember the <laughs> Six-Day War, and um, 
uh, I had the good fortune of going to Israel the day it ended and seeing Yerushalayim everything firsthand, although I did visit Yerushalayim in 1966, the year before, uh, as I visited a number of Arab countries. And um, uh, so the, the, the significance for me, and unfortunately, when I ask young people about it, they have no clue about what was really about what that what those days before the war, the months before the war, the build up to it, the, the war of attrition, how how Israel's existence was, was at stake. We believed in God. Obviously, had other plans and and reminded us over and over again of of that. And uh, this week's parshim b'chukosai telecho that if you look at what all the things that we were promised, we certainly were granted so many of those brachot, uh, the blessings that. Um, you know, are mentioned there that the the significance of and people after the war would would stop you on the street and congratulate Israel, non-Jews, and the whole world was watching it and and I think cheering on Israel uh, as the this miraculous events. And I, I really regret the fact that young people are not taught about it and taught to appreciate, understand all the travails have, that have gone into the creation of the state, the maintenance of the state that we take for granted today. Yeah. And especially about having Yerushalayim back, how people, we used to go up to Abu Tur to have to just look, to be able to get a glimpse, a glimpse of, of the Harabayan, to, to, that people couldn't go to, to Harazazim, that people couldn't go across the, 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 to many areas because the Jordanian Legion was firing down from the old city walls. And, and today, the, the the miracle of reunification of Jerusalem is is taken for granted. So I hope every shul will mark this Shabbat Yerushalayim in appropriate ways to to be reminded. Yerushalayim should not be just a song; it's a, it's a pledge, and they should take it anew every year. And what it did for Jews in the diaspora, whether it was here, the Soviet Union, and so many other places, in terms oh, absolutely. of absolutely, it's just incredible the effect that the Six Day War had. Someone asked me the other day. In fact, if you if you address the TABC seniors next year, you'll probably meet him. Uh, someone asked me the other day which parade I remember, like which parade I remember, uh, you know, in terms of the first one when I was a kid. And I remember uh, 25, and that must have been 1973, right before the Yom Kippur War. The euphoria of the Six-Day War was still in the air. That was obviously squelched a bit when the Yom Kippur War started. Uh, but the euphoria was still in the air. And I guess what I'm, what I'm conjecturing, and you know Malcolm, I was very, very young at that time. Uh, but what I'm assuming is that just like we saw with Israel 70 four years ago and everyone felt the obligation to be at the parade, I'm assuming for Israel 25, uh, do you remember 25 with that nice logo and everything? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do remember. <laughs> it was a great logo. Uh, I, I guess that was the that was the spirit of the time that everyone felt, you know, it's such a significant but number. Preparations so, are underway for Israel 75 yes. for next year. Yes. So, and everybody should plan for, to do something, and every organization, every shul, everybody should be prepared to manifest, to tell the world that we really do care, that we stand with Israel at a time when they're trying to divide us and separate us. And you see the media distortions, misrepresentations, the accusations regarding the killing of Shireen. You know, and it was interesting. I asked the students, how many of you can know the name Shireen? And they knew it, or at least knew the reference. Yeah. And I cited it, and I said, you know that over 2,000 reporters were killed. Do you know any of their names? And, of course, no one knows any other name. And the accusation is made by CNN, by others, without any proof, without 
any substantiation that they can rely on. And and it, it tells us if, if in the media, which is supposed to be objective reporting, uh, which hardly exists at all today, um, uh, so distorts and, and joins the, the slamming of Israel and so readily waits in, in to, to pounce on it, that uh, it should be reminded of why those who care about Israel have to stand up for it. And, and further, the New York Times and others uh, report the PA's final findings from their investigation as if that, that's, you know, that's the definitive uh, conclusion to and the And they case. won't share with Israel, but Israel's not seen the bull until you see the bulls. You can't make a, uh, you can't draw any uh, conclusions. And yet, the, the uh, it, you know, it's tragic, sad that, uh, that she was killed. It shouldn't, uh, it's not something Israel wanted. Israel doesn't shoot at uh, reporters. And, you know, we'll find out um, I think more likely that somebody else did it, but we, we don't know. Uh, you know, they can hide behind the uh, refusal to cooperate and and not share the forensic information or the, the bullets so that Israel can draw proper uh, conclusions. Uh, and it's, it's critical when you see all the challenges that we have now on every border of Israel – uh, that it's it's important that people speak up and, and at least give facts. You know that 57 members of Congress signed a letter about Shireen, that uh, they, the squad, uh, the squid, as I call them, you know, initiated. And the um, so, it you know, it gains, it becomes a platform then and legitimizes the, the attacks on Israel. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world of web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. It certainly, it certainly gives it legitimacy, which is so difficult to watch. And, and just the, you know, I wonder about this, and you and I really have to have a longer discussion about this, but I'll just touch on it for a moment. It, it, it has got watching the way Congress now works, the influence of the squad, um, you know, resolutions or, or bills that would never have been passed before. And, and on top of that, the terrible division, everybody taking partisan lines and, 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 and using everything for political means and, and in no way compromising and in no way having the, and I don't think I'm dreaming when I'm thinking that 20, 30 years ago, people at least had a conversation where they were able to uh, convey to the other side what they felt and understand what the other side was feeling on an issue. It must be very frustrating in your position to be in this type of Congress where it, where it's almost impossible to bring the same issue to both sides of the aisle. Well, as you know, for many years I warned on the show about the disappearance of the political center, judging by what was happening in Europe and especially England, which is, I always say is a lab for us, um, that what happens there eventually comes here. And the separation the, uh, of the uh, factions, the, the extremism, that um, seems to be dominant both on the right and on the left and taking over major parties. You saw it at Corbyn in, in Great Britain. And the, um, the same thing here, the, the, the loss of the political center, which is where Jews generally found themselves, but now less and less hospitable place uh, because of the anti-Israel and often anti-Semitic manifestations that we see, the words that came from members of Congress even in the past week. Yes. Not from not New Yorkers, but others, and the, the lack of attention that uh, that it gets, and, and general we hostility, keep raising the bar on what what people can get away with when it comes to attacking Jews. Right. 
and that includes comedians and and uh, but when elected officials do it it makes it a little more serious because yeah. they impact legislation as you said and the hostility just makes it it's like a barrier it's it's like a a boundary that you can't uh, that you can't get through uh, because there's so much of it now in Washington. I, I hope that changes. I know in American history we've had ups and downs when it comes to this, uh, but I hope we get to a more normal place very soon. I think it makes uh, makes it a lot easier uh, to gain support for Israel and for good causes um, uh, when it's a more more of a normal situation. Uh, is Vladimir Putin in hiding right now? Is he in a bunker somewhere? No, I don't think he's in a bunker. I think uh, the question that really reigns is, what, is he sick? I mean, he certainly looks different, um, and there are a lot of rumors that he has cancer, but nobody has proven it. And I think he's, uh, you know, very shrewdly, he probably likes the idea that people will, will be more sympathetic to him if he has, they think he's sick. But that is not going to be the case. Uh, his, his internal situation is very serious as, as well. And you see that the withdrawing troops from Syria to go and fight in the Ukraine then the um, consequence of that with Iran moving to fill those vacuums and the, uh, you know, Russia reaching out to, to allies, particularly to China. And now they're the best buddies. And again, and working together, though I think China is very skeptical about it in the long run, they only pursue their own interests and whoever serves that those interests will be, uh, they will work with. Uh, so Russia, the, the currency obviously is under assault uh, we see the out-migration of people, and Jews to Israel included, um, that um, there's a lot of dissent about the war, and that's before they have the real idea of how many uh, Russian soldiers have been killed. Was Israel asked to uh, transfer missiles and weapons to the Ukraine by the United States? Yes, it was, and especially from Germany, where they're manufacturing under license from Israel, and Israel uh, said that they would only send defensive uh, equipment not offensive, and the um, and they've sustained that position. The, you know, it's interesting how the world comes down on Israel, which has done so much from the field hospital to be the first to send a hundred million tons of of good, a uh, hundred tons of of, um, of uh, material, food, clothing, all sorts of goods to to the people, and have sent has sent several shipments, uh, raised a lot of money. Hundreds of millions, I would say, have been spent by Israel and the Jewish community in the in Ukraine, aiding and vetting people, uh, both inside the country and the refugees outside the country, and and has taken in a large number of people, far more than the United States, far more than the United Kingdom, <laughs> and yet Israel, for some reason, comes half the countries of the world have not even come out against the war, and are not helping. Look at how much the Europeans, many of the European countries have done. Nothing. And yet, who gets under attack and who gets the pressure? Israel. It's ridiculous. And I'm sure you're not encouraging Israel to reduce its commitment in that area, just you'd like them to get a little bit of credit for it. Well, first of all, people understand that Israel is one of the only countries that has Russia on its border, meaning in Syria. And and it's a very serious national interest and national security threat. And they've gone very far. And to the point where, you know, Russia launched some missiles uh, last week and uh, were they to give carte blanche to the, to the Syrians to use the uh, air defense systems, it could make it much harder for Israel to counter the shipments that Iran is sending in all the time now with the sophisticated equipment to get it to Lebanon and to their forces, uh, the militias that they have in Syria 
and again, as I said, trying to fill the void uh, left by uh, uh, by the withdrawal, the diminution of the number of Russian uh, troops. Although they have the, their aircraft uh, still there, but they never had many. But it was enough to make uh, a difference. So, you know, the the for Israel, they have a lot of calculations that they have to worry about. Uh, that, that's and, why and, I, I've been. And sh- a lot of the weapons are not appropriate. Iron Dome is not appropriate to the Ukraine situation. I've been shocked since the beginning of March that they that they went into this as much as they did. I, I thought that the that it wouldn't be cowardly, but it would be sensible to stay as, as silent as possible on the whole Ukraine Russia thing. But um, I, I guess they're doing it very carefully, as you just indicated. Just uh, you know, and they know and they know how far they can go. Well, different members of Lapid has gone much further than Bennett. Uh, President Herzog has made some strong comments. Others have, but they all recognize, you know, that that Israel has to make a judgment, has to look at its own situation, and not that does not refer to the humanitarian responses, but mm-hmm. in terms of um, uh, how far on the limit can go without then jeopardizing its own situation. Israel has always been responsive to the needs around the world, even of countries that didn't have diplomatic relations with it, to be help when there were tragedies or natural disasters or other situations. And uh, and that continues to be the case. Did you see uh, in, an, in a, an atmosphere of desperation in terms of what's happening in their country, the Iraqis were able to pass one law in their parliament? <laughs> and could it, yes, get, could, and it, could it get anything practical done? Just the law of uh, it's illegal to normalize relations with Israel is the only one that got through. Well, it goes much further than that, Nahum. This law says that you cannot visit an embassy, you cannot have communication with, even social media, that if you're abroad, you cannot have any contact with uh, Israelis or organizations connected to the Zionist entity, and it carries a death sentence for violating this law. Wow. And, and uh, yes, it's a death sentence. Why do regular people like me think that Iraq is more moderate than they actually are? Why do we, I, well, because they, they, they attempt, at times are. This was a, a bill rushed through, uh, and any time you do an anti-Israel uh, resolution, it's going to work. Look, in Jordan, you still have laws that have death sentences if you sell land to, to the Jew. Right. Um, and uh, certainly PA has similar laws. Uh, but the Iraqi situation... Is uh, is really troublesome that that a death sentence can be meted out so lightly and and should arouse the whole human rights um, world and organizations who rise to defend in so many other instances here just the contact with in or out of the country so it's not a question of you know spying or anything else uh, that's involved it's purely an anti-semitic move i would guess the un's going to condemn the new law i would assume oh yeah so you can be sure they're working on language now it's funny we spoke to dan i mean i know you know this and you always say it but it's just when we spoke to danny danone you know with his new book it, it, it's unbelievable i mean from a from a from a hands-on you know um, 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 first person perspective he's telling us how how obsessed they are with Israel in that building and how, you know, 50% of the time is spent in a country of 8 million people, <laughs> you know, which, which is nowhere near the top in terms of population, in terms of, uh, you know, all the indicators in terms of how large uh, different members of the member countries of the member nations of the UN are. Uh, the obsession is simply remarkable. And of course, um, the UN will pay no attention to what happened in Iraq. And look, you see that even in our own government, the State Department's Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, it it says it will pay nonprofits almost a million dollars to strengthen accountability and human rights in Israel, the West Bank and Gaza. 
So they're paying the anti-Israel forces. This is in the United States. So 12 senators, uh, Republicans are calling on Biden to, to cancel the program. I mean, it's just unacceptable. But our own government is in, is in, is encouraging then though these groups, most of them just delegitimize and, and, and work against Israel in every venue. Unbelievable. Um in terms, I guess whoever predicted that the election in Israel would be September 20th was now proven to be incorrect. It looks like the government is going to hold. Although the interesting thing, I'm sure you saw this, is that poll that 70% of Israelis are against this whole idea of there being uh, Arabs as part of the Israeli ruling coalition. Does does that, uh, does the fact that the Hamon Am is against it going to have any uh, effect going forward? Or or, or likely, if there is a, uh, a desperation to form a government, They'll welcome the Arab parties in the future as well. well. I think the opposition is not that Arabs shouldn't be in. It's it's that the uh, way that they leverage the their position and keep threatening to pull out if they don't get paid off. And so uh, a huge amount of money was paid to to Ram to to stay into the uh, according to all the reports to stay into in the coalition. And again, with a uh, member that that uh, demanded additional funding. Uh, for to vote with the coalition, I think that's the issue that that disturbs people, um, and the, the um, not the participation and not the uh, right to people vote and elect people to to the Knesset or to anything else. Um, I think the the uh, concerns that people have now is the instability of the government and the insurity in, uh, about its ability to really pass and and address. Uh, the significant challenges and especially the, the threats on, on its borders. And you see Iran not diminishing its activities whatsoever. And the, the, the challenges, we, we haven't even talked about most of the challenges that, that Israel faces now and the, um, what's going on in Lebanon, what's going on between Hezbollah and, and the other forces. But it's the buildup and Soleimani's son-in-law emerging now as a major figure in smuggling weapons and drugs and stuff in, in, uh, in Lebanon. But the, the, uh, what the buildup in, of Iranian uh, facilities in, in the Red Sea and the countermeasures, the creation of this new consortium, uh, which includes the U.S. and Israel and others in the Red Sea, to counter the Iranian expansion present of its presence and the new weapons that they're introducing, including these little submarines that they make, and the uh, the importance of of, uh, of looking at what they are they are up to, both in terms of reaching out. The Raisi went to Oman. The president went to Oman uh, this week, and they are. Um, uh, you know, talking about the hand of uh, global aggression, which is the U.S. and Israel in, in their references, uh, but the elimination of uh, one of their uh, prime operatives, somebody who, who led attacks on Israelis in India and Thailand and was supposedly targeting Jewish uh, uh, places as well, uh, and the world is, you know, is, is highlighting it as if they have sympathy for uh, for the individual who was involved, but he was a known terrorist, and uh, you know this kind of preemptive intervention is really critical uh, because they these guys are active in Tanzania and Ghana and Senegal and attacks on Israeli institutions in Colombia. I, I mean, this guy w- was a corporate killer, and um, Israel admitted to know, it, right? Pardon me. Israel admitted to it. So somebody in Israel admitted to to it. 
but the fact that they're carrying out these attacks in Tehran, right. whoever's doing it. How do they is, do it? My gosh. <laughs> how do they do it? I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> if they torture me, I might talk. I don't want to. I'm just happy with the result. It, I mean, people don't know how bad a guy. I, I mentioned some of this, but, he, you know, he he was involved in. Uh, an attack on a Jewish businessman, Israeli in Cyprus, or a murder attempt in Georgia, I mean, uh, against the uh, Israeli consul in Istanbul. So this is something that in America we would be waving flags and everybody would be saluting like when they eliminated Soleimani. Yep, but not in this case. Uh, finally, if I get it, um, basically Iran had had advanced warning or or was given secret documents from the IAEA. When when you have that advantage of knowing what's in a report about you, you can adjust accordingly. Is that essentially what went on there? That's essentially it, and it's uh, there's still a lot more that we have to learn to get all the facts on it. But that's those are the reports and the indication. And IEA still doesn't have access to most of the facilities. The uh, America's Representative in Vienna, uh, Rob Malley, said this week in testimony that uh, it looks less likely than more likely that there won't be a deal. I mean, that there will be a deal, meaning that it is less likely it will be a deal. And uh, we saw that the United States and President Biden upheld the, uh, even though there were people in the administration who wanted to go a different direction, um, to uphold the, the sanctions and the, uh, the designation, most importantly, of the IRGC as a foreign terrorist organization, uh, which Iran, you know, say, says is a deal breaker. But in fact, Iran feels under a lot less pressure in, in one way that the oil prices having doubled or more uh, provides them with income. But at the same time, they raised the prices of uh, basic foods 300 percent because they slashed the subsidies for bread for other things. And the uh, we see the strikes by teachers and bus drivers and others, demonstrations in 19 of the 31 provinces in Iran, very serious demonstrations. I mean, that's where if the West were smart, they could take advantage of these situations, support the people of Iran. Um, and the, the situation inside there is not good. There's a drought in half the country. There's going to be food shortages. Uh, and they are uh, obviously depending on hoping to get stuff from Russia, Russia hoping to use them if the sanctions aren't removed as a vehicle to sell their oil and to export stuff uh, from uh, from Russia through through Iran if the sanctions in Iran are lifted. Therefore, the sanctions should not be lifted. They should be toughened. Iran's activities throughout the Gulf, throughout the world, are worse than ever. We see it in, in uh, South America. There was the execution of a Paraguayan on his honeymoon in in um, a criminal prosecutor who was looking at Hezbollah and the guys on jet skis drive up onto the beach, huh. killed him, and in, and returned the skis in all of it in less than nineteen minutes, and so they got were able to get out, and we see the situation in Lebanon deteriorating as well. So you know, and and the world is so uh, focused. Otherwise, you know, when Hamas says that they won't tolerate this Talmudic Jewish nonsense about Yerushalayim should be an incentive to everybody to remind them of how important it is that we stand up for Jerusalem, especially 
at this time of the year. Amen to that. Malcolm, I thank you. Uh, next week, a, uh, yeah, next week should be on schedule. Erev Shabbos, Erev Shuas, why not? Uh, have a, a wonderful Shabbos and a great... It's good you have a one-sided conversation. But yeah, yeah, you like that, huh? I, I, took care, I took care of the whole thing. Uh, we, we'll speak again next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us with the weekly update Fridays. 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. This coming Wednesday, don't forget, speaking about great ways to celebrate Jerusalem, if you're not in Jerusalem, this coming Wednesday, our friends at uh, American Friends of Ateret Kwanim, Jerusalem Chai, invite you to the big dinner at Terrace in the Park. It's happening this coming Wednesday night. Uh, starts at 6 p.m. with the Smorgasbord reception and 7.15 with the program with guest speaker Mike Pompeo. Wonderful honorees. Ateretkoanim.org slash dinner. Ateretkoanim.org slash dinner. Come on out and enjoy a great night to celebrate Jerusalem. Ateretkoanim.org slash dinner. Uh, our full schedule for today, uh, coming up at 9 a.m. right after JM and the AM, Naomi Nachman, Table for Two with Yosef Gillers. Founder and co-director of Grow Torah, Talia Sebag of Tuscanini, Rabbi Oren Bendelstein, director of Chesed and Programming, Relief Missions for NCSY, and co-owner of Lollipop Cafe. Then the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Arab Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Um, of Rami uh, Finkelstein and Rabbi Elias Wickler tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. JM Sunday with Matis will focus on Jerusalem. It is Yom Yerushalayim on Sunday. And then Monday, of course, our Yom Yerushalayim special on Yom Hebron, uh, with the Mayor Wine Garden of Blessed Memory narrating the Sounds of Jerusalem 1967 at 8.30 on Monday morning. Join us 8.30 Monday morning for that. Uh, that's a that's a piece that nobody wants to miss every single year. Nobody wants to miss it, and we're going to replay last year's for you right here at JM in the AM. I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to the Wallman and Wurzberger families of um, uh, as we as we celebrate the birth of a brand new baby boy to Dina and Yussi Wurzberger. Mazel tov to the Wallman and Wurzberger families. The uh, Wurzbergers live in Cedarhurst, and we say mazel tov to the Wurzberger family. Mazel tov to uh, Ahuva and Shuli Wolman from all of us here at JM and the AM. The bris coming up in Mir Tashem this week. And again to Dina and Yassi Mazalta from all of us here at JM and the AM. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bichu Kosai. It is Shabbos Chazak. And according to the Chinuch, there are seven positive mitzvot in Parshas Bechul Kosai and five restrictions. Parshas Bechul Kosai has the first of the two tochachas that you find in the Torah. And the Ramban notes that the first tochacha, the one that we're going to read in Hashem this Shabbos, is the one that corresponds to the destruction of the first base Amikdash. And the second Tochacha, as found in Parshas Kisavo, refers to the second destruction of the second base Amikdash. I have to tell you that in this first Tochacha, you do have built in the Nechama, consolation. And therefore, 
Well, the Torah says that because you did not keep the laws of Shemitah, the land willy-nilly will get its Shemitah. Uz, as the Torah says, Tishbas Ha'oretz, the Hirtzos, then when you are not there, the land will get its rest and rest during the sabbatical years when you neglected to keep Shemitah. But there is, as Rashi points out, a Midah Tova Yisrael, quote, good news that is contained within this Tochacha. The Torah promises that when you are not on your land, the land will not be, quote, user-friendly for the nations that will be there trying to make a go on your land. Perechovav, Pasuk, Lamed Beis, Chapter 26, Pasuk 32, <clears throat> the Torah says, Vashimosi ani es ha'oretz. Hashem promises, I will make the land desolate. Vishamamu aleha oyevechem. And your enemies who dwell upon it, ayoshvimba, the land will be desolate for them. They will not be able to literally grow and produce on your land and pinch yourselves because we have seen the literal fulfillment of this pasuk that for almost 1800 years when we were not on our land you name the people they were there they tried and they could not succeed we lived to see Baruch Hashem, the fulfillment of this Nevoah, and just look at the miraculous Eretz Yisrael today. I'd like to focus on the closing two mitzvos in Sefer Vayikra, this is Shabbos Chazak, which deal with the mitzvah of Ma'aser Behema. Now this is a most fascinating mitzvah, that of tithing the kosher animals. The Gemara in Bechoros 58b describes the process of tithing the kosher animals born to the farmer that year. He gathers them into a corral whereby there is a narrow opening whereby he passes them each animal individually and what's attracting these animals is that their mothers are outside of the corral and they go and they're attracted to their mother's voices. Each one is counted separately until the tenth which is marked with red dye which is then designated as a korban and eaten by the owner in Yerushalayim. The obvious question is Why did the Torah prescribe such an arduous, difficult manner? Why not simply state that as the farmer is told, aser to aser, to give a tenth each year 
of his produce to the levy for Maserisho, so too is he to tithe his flocks. Let the farmer count, first of all, all his animals, and then let him deduct one-tenth for Maaser. This would save him many hours of painstaking activity of dealing with each animal individually. Rav Pam Zatzal quotes Rabbi Yezer Gordon Zatzal, Rosh Yeshiva of Tells in Lithuania, who answered very sharply with the following psychological insight. Were the Torah to simply state that you are to tithe your animals, the farmer would instinctively react and feel, woe that the Torah is asking a great deal from him. However, once he counts each animal individually, he is saying, one for me, two for me, three for me, until he gets nine for me, then after getting nine for himself, it's much easier to give the tenth as a carbon for Hashem. There is a very powerful lesson that emerges from Maser Behema, and that is, Hashem gives us so much and asks so little in return. And I believe that this is a theme and a refrain that we find in several places in the Torah. The Be'er Yosef in his commentary on Parshas Emor notes, as do many, of the integral connection between the mitzvah of Sviras HaOmer and the Mun. After all, the first place that we find the term Omer in the Torah is in regard to the Mun. They were told to collect, as we find in Shmos, chapter 16, Pasuk 16, and Omer Lagugoles. Each person was to collect an Omer of Mun each day. The period between Pesach and Shavuos is known as the Omer, as the idea of the Omer permeates this time, and that is the very special lesson of the Omer. And what is that? Says the Ber Yosef, do the math. There were at least two million persons in the desert. That means 14 million Omer of Mun a week. 56 million Omer of Mun per month. And 712 million per year. Multiplied by 40 years, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rained down from heaven billions of Omer during this period of time. When they came to Eretz Yisrael, Hashem asks that on the second day of Pesach, they should show their appreciation for the man by bringing an Omer to the base of Migdash. But not as we might have expected that each individual was to bring personally an Omer. Rather, the Korban Omer is a Korban Mincha, which is Tziburi, 
one Omer on behalf of the entire nation. And moreover, it was not even of wheat, the more expensive grain, rather it was of barley. A very powerful lesson this refrain teaches the Be'er Yosef is that Hashem gives us so much and asks for so little in return. Note that on the day that Hashem created man, we're taught that Hashem planted a garden in Eden containing every tree that was pleasing to sight and good for food. In Bereshis, chapter 2, Pasuk 16, the Torah teaches that Hashem commanded the man of every tree of the garden you may freely eat a whole tochel. This is the translation of Targum Unculus. However, the Meshachachma understands this verse most differently. He believes that Hashem commanded Adam, giving him a mitzvah assay, a positive mitzvah, a chol tochel to eat of the many permissible trees which he maintains would have protected Adam from then violating the negative commandment to not eat from the eight sadas. Once again, upon reflection, it's interesting to note that Hashem gave Adam so much and asked from him so little in return. This concept is further buttressed by the Yalkut Shimoni on Eov in Perik 41, Pasuk 1, on the verse, Mi Hiktimani Ba'ashalem meaning, who preceded me and had anything that I should really reward them. For after all, the Medrash teaches that Hashem gives parents a baby boy and only asks for circumcision. Hashem gives us clothing and only asks for tzitzis. Hashem gives us a house and only asks for a mezuzah and a makeh. Hashem gives us a field and only asks for payah. Hashem gives the farmer a bountiful harvest and only asks for truma and ma'aser. And concluding the way we began this medrash, Hashem gives the farmer an abundance of flocks and only asks for a tenth in return. Now the truth of the matter is, this is truly a challenge. Why? The 611th mitzvah to the Sefer HaChinuch is that of the Olachto Bidrachov, to emulate Hashem. As He, so too we. In our performance of Chesed, we are to do more and more, emulating Hashem, and ask so little in return. And the reason I say ask so little in return is that often allowing the recipient of your chesed to return a chesed is in of itself a great chesed. And therefore, let me just close on a very practical note. Very often, Baruch Hashem, you're having guests for Shabbos and they call and they say, ah, 
before we leave Brooklyn, before we come, etc., etc., can we bring you anything? And your immediate instinctive reaction is to say no, which, thank God, most often you probably don't need anything. If you think for a moment, and it won't be too difficult for them, say, ah, thank you for asking. By the way, maybe just bring some horseradish. It's not an expensive item, but the fact that they're going to go and get something for you is going to be giving them nachas ruach. It's going to give them a wonderful feeling of being able to return somewhat, somehow, a little bit of the favor. What a beautiful theme. Hashem gives us so much and asks for so little in return. Shabbat Shalom. To JM and the AM on a Friday era of Shabbos Parshas Buchu Kosai. I know. Uh, both Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin spoke about Buchu Kosai this morning, even though in Israel they are reading by Midbar. I know. We've got a discrepancy between the state of Israel and the diaspora when it comes to the parshios during these few weeks. I have my theory about that. I think some of you have heard it already. I won't go into it right now. Uh, but that's the reality. Anyway, Erev Shabbos Parshas Buchu Kosai, Shabbos Mavarachim, Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on uh, Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on Tuesday. Today's day number 41 in the counting of the Omer. That's five weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, Make sure to do so sometime today. Yom Yerushalayim special officially on Monday, even though Yom Yerushalayim is on Sunday. Matis will certainly dedicate time Sunday morning to Yom Yerushalayim, that's for sure. Uh, we'll do our special on Monday, the legal holiday. And uh, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory, his incredible narration of the sounds of 1967, we'll have that for you at 8.30 in the morning on Monday. 8.30 in the morning on Memorial Day uh, coming up here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein has been with us before. He's an amazing author. He's an incredible Magid Shir. And based on the statistics, he is one of the most popular Magid Shir in the world. Um, it is amazing uh, to see just how many people in so many different countries and on so many different platforms are listening and watching as he delivers Shiurim. And I was made aware yesterday of a very important charity campaign that's going to be happening starting on May the 28th. The reality is it started already. You can give right now and we'll give you the address. Um, but it's a very important charity campaign, charity.com slash MMH, to benefit the Machon Magid Harakia. Machon Magid Harakia. Um, what is the Machon Magid Harakia? What is Rabbi Gladstein's goal? We're going to find out right now. Rabbi Daniel, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, a pleasure and an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Uh, the honor is mine, Rabbi Nachum. Uh, over the years, you've been the voice of so many important causes, so it's an honor to have the opportunity for you to, to share this cause with the greater public. I will ask you the most, I appreciate that very much, by the way, I will ask you the most embarrassing question ever. <laughs> Why is it that you're this popular around the world? <laughs> what is it? What's the secret sauce? What's the X factor of my Gladstein? How is it that you've made, and you made an impact? And, and, and you can give us the humble answer. You don't, have to, you don't have to give us anything that, uh, that would embarrass you. You can just tell us the reality of why what you're doing well, is, is, is touching so many hearts. What can I say? You know, uh, the Jewish soul thirsts for Tyra. So when you give them Tyra, they, uh, they respond, you know, when someone's hungry, they want, they want, uh, Achila. Yeah. <laughs> they want to eat. And, um, 
now more than ever, we live in a, a society devoid of real meaning. And when you provide a Jew with Torah, they respond. Yeah. So, uh, one of the best, one of the best answers I've ever heard. And I think not, you're, it's not a new recipe. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're a hundred percent right. Uh, okay. So, so many of us are familiar with the fact that you're an amazing author and we've enjoyed your books and kudos to art scroll and everybody there. And that, uh, you're a great Magid Shear and there are a lot of platforms, including Torah anytime and others where people can enjoy what you're offering to people around the world. So with that in mind and with all that in place already, what are we trying to accomplish? with Mahon Magid Harakia. Well, look, the Shurim have gotten out through various platforms, as, as you mentioned, but really we need a headquarters. And there are two dimensions to this. It's a kahila, it's a shul, it's a community shul. And what's unique about this community shul is, and and I do feel that Hashem has given us um, really siyata deshmaya because we try, we try that the home base and the headquarters should be operate uh, a Principles of Torah. In other words, we phenomenon in our show. We're we're losing reception. A drop, Rabbi Glatzin. Maybe it's maybe it's where you're standing. Just repeat that. Repeat the. Um. Yeah, I see. I think what's unique. What's unique about our Makayim Tyrant is we operate according to all the right guidelines. A very unique phenomenon. We have no talking in our show. We're, we're careful that during the time of tefillah, there are no cell phones that are even brought into the Beis HaKnesses. So we try to make it a, uh, a makam which is conducive for Hashem's Shrina to come. And uh, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there, like Hillel would say, when God is uh, present, then uh, everything is successful. So th- that's on the uh, as a home base for the community, for the Five Towns community, for the Cedarhurst community. But through the um, through the systems of technology, which is a tool Hashem has given us in our generation that has been able to disseminate Torah in an unprecedented way. You know, we think about 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva, and that was an amazing number uh, 1,800 years ago. But yeah. today, through technology, as, as I'm sure many thousand people are listening to your broadcast, we harness that tool to bring Torah to... Really record numbers. It's, you know, who are we to, to, to merit such really, uh, siyata deshmaya? But, uh, we have the tool. And if we have it, we have to use it. And, uh, really there are Jews everywhere. It's, it's amazing. You know, there's a one, a particular individual who reached out to me from Northeast India, from <laughs> the B'nai Menashe tribe. He's recently made Aliyah together with many, uh, members of his tribe. And that's just like one isolated incident of a Jew in the far ends of the world who you could reach today through uh, technology. If data uh-huh. and if data and numbers drives people, especially when they're looking to support a cause, you could safely say that if you reach your goal, Mahon um, Magid uh, is going to be able to reach even more people. Some may find that hard to believe because they know the numbers that you're already reaching, but I'm assuming that, that the goal is to include and to reach out and bring in as many people around the world as possible through this project. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a very large world, but through technology, it's a very small world. From your own Dalet Amos, you really could connect with and unify all segments of Klal Yisrael. You know, it's amazing. It used to be, if you were Hasid Sharav, so you would influence your Hasidim. If you were Svati, uh, so you... But today, you can connect with all segments of the Jewish people, 
yeah. all age brackets and uh, in all countries. It's uh, it's really a remarkable gift and uh, an opportunity. Sometimes we have to be reminded about what, about what unites us. And uh, it's so funny you mentioned it. I, I, I listened to words of Torah from people I would never have had access to years ago. And now they represent, you know, quote unquote, other communities or communities that are different than the Ashkenazi community that I come from. And I'm able to enjoy them on a daily basis. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and just the fact that you're mentioning it actually opens up my eyes to it because sometimes you're doing something you don't even realize you're doing it. And I'm sure people are tuning in from around the world to what you're doing and they just don't understand how significant it is and how remarkable and miraculous it is uh, that it's able to take place uh, during this time. Just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the the types of svarim right. that people are interested in, you know, I enjoy teaching from the svarim of the chida. And it's interesting, you know, this this shul, if I may say, sure. is going to be named after my grandfather, who is really I think we may have discussed. He was a legendary uh, individual, was a Holocaust survivor, and after the Holocaust, uh, he was a Polish uh, survivor. But but he had learned English before the war, and when he was uh, Liberated, the American Army made him the head of the Joint Distribution Community, the Religious Department. Right. And in that capacity, he helped all the survivors uh, rebuild their life. He brought in fill-in mezuzahs, vice in the DP camps. He built yeshivas for them, and he helped these survivors rebuild their life. And now we try just to take it to the next level and to continue. His holy work. He passed away this year at 106 years old. Wow! So he had a long storied rabbinic career and uh he he touched the lives of jews of all all the entire spectrum of judaism and uh i think his merit is really standing up for us and uh to allow us to to have success in in harbatsas tyra what was your grandfather's full name in english rabbi his name was rabbi mordechai Leib gladstein wow. he was a rabbi in pittsburgh for, uh, only 70 years <laughs> <laughs> amazing absolutely incredible uh, we're speaking with uh, rabbi daniel gladstein all right uh, let's get down to the uh, practical aspect of all this go to charity.com that's with a d as you know that's how charity works c-h-a-r-i-d-y.com slash m-m-h that's machon magid harakia uh, they have a one million dollar goal it goes until the 31st of uh, of uh, of May, that means it goes through Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and the reason I say it like that, even though it hasn't officially started, is because you can give right now. You can give right now, even though it hasn't officially started. It really has started for all practical purposes, uh, because you can give right now and help them build the future, their kahila, and this worldwide incredible vision that Rabbi Gladstein has. Uh, more information on his website. You can see what he's doing at RabbiDG.com, RabbiDG.com. But right now we're focused on the charity campaign and hoping that before Shabbos, and if not, then after Shabbos. Uh, everybody out there tosses in a few dollars, uh, whether you become a friend of the Machon or sponsor a week of learning or even become a founder or a master builder, which are uh, uh, bigger numbers, but something that will obviously uh, go a long way in terms of building Machon Magid Harakia. So it's a $1 million campaign. It's a charity campaign. I hope our listeners will respond. Charity.com slash MMH. Charity.com slash MMH. And Rabbi Gladstein, I'm sure you agree. It's never too early to give, even though it hasn't officially no, started. No, it's no. We, we've thought about it, and we've decided that we will accept early <laughs> donations you know <laughs> that's very kind of you even yeah. though we're, even though we're still a chunk of time away <laughs> from the entire no but it, you know it's officially launched Matzai Shabbos right. but 
The truth is, I got it. It is amazing. I got a WhatsApp message from a friend of mine in Australia, and they have a team page charity. And they said, we're so honored to do this because we know we get out of Shabbos before anybody else. So we're going to, we're going to start the campaign immediately so that when you guys in America come out of Shabbos, you're going to get chizuk because we've already started collecting. That is great. So in reality, it has started, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now I feel even better. I have comrades on my side who are ready all the way from Australia to say, let's get this thing going. All right, everybody, you know the address, charity.com slash MMH. Rabbi Gladstein's doing amazing work, and you get an opportunity to really get help him get to the next level. Charity.com slash MMH. Rabbi Gladstein, I take this opportunity to wish you chazak. After all, for us in the diaspora, it's Shabbos chazak. So I'll wish you Chazak via Matz and the best of luck, and I hope the campaign goes really, really well. Thank you. Uh, We feel Chazak Rav Nacham because you gave us this opportunity, as always, and continue your great work, and uh, all the best to you and uh, all your listeners. Thank Thank you you so much. much. I much appreciate that. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, everybody, wishing him the best of luck with an amazing effort. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning Erev Shabbos, Erev Yom Yerushalayim. That's right. Sunday's Yom Yerushalayim which means they're celebrating already in Yerushalayim, and they'll be celebrating, of course, tomorrow night and Sunday. And we get an opportunity to do our Yom Yerushalayim special. Matis on Sunday will certainly include a lot of Yom Yerushalayim selections, and we will do a Yom Yerushalayim special on Monday. Don't forget Mayor Weingarten's narration of the... Uh, of the um, uh, Sounds of Jerusalem, 1967, 8.30 in the morning this coming Monday on the legal holiday right here at JM in the AM.
you did Nefesh done by Dvekas, of course. Uh, I told you about the Om Yushalayim dinner with Atarat Kohanim, American friends of Atarat Kohanim. This coming Wednesday night, Terrace in the Park. Make sure to get your reservations in at teretkohanim.org slash dinner. At slash dinner. Um, Mike Pompeo, former U.S. Secretary of State, is going to be the guest speaker. At slash dinner. Um, and we've told you about Yom Yerushalayim and our Yom Yerushalayim special. I think we're all set. Full schedule, as I outlined earlier, full schedule. Brand new Naomi Nachman with uh, Table for Two coming up. Kedem presents our Erev Shabbos show with the Mark Zamek. Kedem presents the Erev Shabbos music mix. Whole lot going on today. Keep it at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM. The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Spend the day together
says it's time to come home on the app. Yeah, we agree with you. Don't worry. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world the web at AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Mazel Tov, Mordechai Rosen. His bar mitzvah is coming up this Shabbos. Mordechai Rosen, Mazel Tov to you from Tanta Devora and the entire Leitner family and from all of us here at JM in the AM. Coming up, Naomi Nachman, brand new edition of Table for Two. Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. We have so much going on here. It's unbelievable. Saturday night, Siegel and Avrami and Aurelia. This is Rickler tomorrow night. Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday on Yom Yushalayim. Our Yom Yushalayim special is Monday with me starting at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, 8.30, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory, his narration of the incredible Sounds of Jerusalem, 1967, 55 years ago, will be on the air at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Monday on Memorial Day. Um, don't forget we have Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Sivan will be on Tuesday and candlelighting in New York, 5, excuse me, 7.57, 7.57. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend, everybody. Until next week, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.